This is one-on-one's NHL podcast, where we take on the five hottest issues in hockey with three of our NHL beat reporters. It's time to go five on three. And we thought there would be no moves left at the deadline. That was silly of us to think. Because every year this happens. Every year there's a bunch of trades from the top people that everyone thinks is going to get traded, and then... Some crazy stuff happens. Some five-year-old girls write letters to get their dad to go to Minnesota. Eleven-year-old girls. Eleven-year-old girls. (laughs) I mean, you know, this this shows how much uh, I paid attention to that story. But, you know, some interesting moves around the NHL. The trade deadline's now two days gone, and we have a lot to talk about. So let's just get right into it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to WFUV's 5-on-3. This is one-on-one's only NHL podcast. I'm Anthony Pusick, and I'm joined today by Rangers beat reporter Martin McCormick and Devils beat reporter Taras Lejeski. Martin, I have a feeling we're, we're going to be talking to you a lot th- today. <laughs> Tara, there's even a couple moves that the Devils made, and the Islanders did a little bit too. But you know what? Let's just look over the grand scheme of things that happened on March 2nd, 2015. There were a lot of people that were traded, as there is every year, and there were some surprises. I, of course, am wearing my New York Rangers Ryan Callahan jersey. So last year's <laughs> trade deadline was an interesting one for me and the amount of money I waste on on jerseys. But we're going to take a look at basically the, the scope of the league. And we're going to have to take a look and see who do we think is the true winner of this deadline. Because there were a lot of teams that made moves. Obviously, the Oilers and Coyotes and Sabres, these are teams that wanted to try and build for the future. So you saw them give up some decent players for a lot of picks. A lot of picks were traded. This year, a lot more than usual, I think. And it just seemed like people were more willing to give picks for players than player for player. And that's what we we saw a lot of. But to me, a team that stands out to me is the Montreal Canadiens. Already a good team in the East. Able to get their defense kind of solidified with Jeff Petrie from the Oilers. Gave up a second round pick and a fifth round conditional pick. Get Brian Flynn from the Sabres for a pick. And it just seems like... And then, of course, Torrey Mitchell also from the Sabres. They gave up... And they traded Jack Nevins in a seventh-round pick. This is some depth for this team that was already good, and I think that it's really you got to look at teams like that that are that are the depth pe- that needed those depth pieces that are really going to be the the winners of this deadline. Tara, do you see a team like the Canadians as a winner? The only thing about the Canadians is it seems that their fans really wanted another scorer added to the team, and that didn't happen. They definitely added some nice pieces, good team, shored things up, but. Ultimately, they probably should have added another scorer. I mean, we're going to talk about them a lot, but the Rangers stand out to me. I mean, how could the Rangers not with everything that they did? And Martin, of course, you've been watching the Rangers like I have this entire year. Are they the biggest winners for you at this deadline? It's tough to say. It's really, I mean, at this point in time, who knows? Because really what everything, everyone is saying, and, and it's so obvious, is this is a let's win this year move. This is a type of move where you're, you're going all in. You're uh, getting rid of, you know, Duclair, who I really, really liked from what I saw in the few games he's played this year. Uh, so a top prospect for Keith Yandel. I think the the Coyotes made out like bandits in this. And, um, I mean, Yandel, yeah, he's going to help on the power play, but the scoring really isn't an issue this year for the Rangers. I Shockingly. Mean, they're, they're scoring three <laughs> goals a game, basically. They're 11th. Uh, in the league in power play. So I don't quite understand the move, but obviously, you know, having a, a big veteran like Yandel come in, uh, strengthen your D-line even more, I, I think it's a solid move. But, uh, you know, if they don't win a Stanley Cup, if they 
you know, miss out on some big draft picks and Duclair ends up being, you know, a great player, I think they might come to regret this Yeah, trade. what is this going to be now? The fifth straight year the Rangers won't have a first-round pick? Sounds about right. So, I mean, that's the thing. You're They're giving up a lot of first-round draft picks, but in their defense, look at how close they came to winning the Stanley Cup last year, and now this year they might be able to close the deal. And so if that happens... I think you're okay with not having a first-round draft pick five years in a row. I think that's what's most interesting to me because, of course, you had Nick Kiprios come out and say Dan Girardi was part of this deal. And that was interesting to a lot of people. A lot of people were very upset when you heard Dan Girardi was part of this deal for Keith Yandel and, of course, more pieces. They didn't even know what exactly all those pieces were at that point. But when you heard Dan Girardi, you said, wait a minute, the Rangers want to get better on defense. By swapping (laughs) Yandel for Girardi, you're basically just... Pretty much staying the same, actually probably getting a little worse defensively, considering Yandel's more of an offensive defenseman. Obviously, 27 power play assists tied for first in the league in that category. Uh, as a defenseman, of course, the Rangers would love a guy on the on the point that can that can lead this power play. And they played against the Predators, and they didn't score on the power play, but they, they moved the puck around nicely. Yandel seemed like he had a good presence there, but... Yeah, you take a look at this team, and, and, and you're thinking, win now, win now. They haven't had a first-round pick in about... Five years, like you said, Tara, but you know what? Carl Hagelin, Kevin Hayes, these are all guys— I think, what, Duclair was third round? And Duclair was third round, exactly. These guys are people that the Rangers have seen talent in in the later rounds. Now, I'm not saying it wouldn't be nice to have a first-round pick every now and then. I'm sure the Rangers (laughs) would love it. But given their recent success with drafting, I think think they say it's okay to give up those picks because of how well we're doing, and I think they do believe they're in a win-now mode. And they have to be because here's as great as Henrik Lundqvist is, he's 33. Yeah. And so you really, you don't know how long he's going to stay this productive. And they have quite, Rick Nash is 30. And they have quite a few of their key players are getting into their 30s. And you have to be in that win now mode. They have to look, we have a superstar goalie who's 33. And so everyone's saying in five years, this is probably going to be the Anthony Duclair trade. And that might be true, but it goes back to if the Rangers have a Stanley Cup banner hanging that says 2015, I think they can live with that. What, yeah, I think that that is really <laughs> and what it comes down to at that point is if you win a cup within the next couple of years with Keith Yandel, no one really remembers the fact that Anthony Duclair was traded unless Anthony Duclair becomes a 60-goal scorer for 10 years on the Arizona Coyotes, lifts them to three straight cups, and then you say, okay, well, now this is this is the Anthony Duclair trade. John Moore played over 20 minutes last night for the Arizona Coyotes. So he's fitting in nicely in that team, which... Quite frankly, they traded everybody. Antoine yeah, Vermette, I of was course. Gonna, I really don't think it takes that much, though, to play significant time with the Coyotes <laughs> this, these days. At this present moment, no. And what's inter- what's most interesting to me, guys, is you take a look at some of these trades. You see Curtis Glencross, a person who I personally have an affection for, being a former now Calgary Flame. He was traded to the Washington Capitals for a second and third round pick in 2015. Curtis Glencross is a rental player, and that's what a lot of these guys are to these to these teams. Anybody who is in the last year of your contract can be considered a rental player. Eric Cole for the Red Wings. They got a 2015 third-round pick, and they got Eric Cole. But they gave up Matthias Backman, Matthias Janmark, and a 2015 second-round pick. You don't sign Eric Cole back, or you don't make yourself better than what you were and think that you can actually make moves in this in this in in these playoffs. These rentals can prove very, very costly for you. Brett Connolly on the Bruins, two picks. I, and the Bruins don't even look like they could. They as a potential, they may not even make the playoffs. And that's the other good thing about the Yandel trade is, the Rangers get him for this year and next year too. 
So they still don't have him for as long as you might have a Duclair, but you're not just you're not gonna lose him after June. And me and Martin were talking about before you walked in, Sarah. They also retained half of his salary, which yes. is absolutely incredible to both me and Martin. As Coyotes to, did that in a lot of their trades. Which you know what? And for a team that wants to rebuild. Uh, that's a good trade bargaining chip for a team that says we will take whatever you want and we will we will try and help you out as much as possible if you can give us picks and help us to make this team better, not this year, but four or five years from now. Which I think this is what the Arizona Coyotes have realized and, and that's really what they had to do. Another thing that you really want to point out, guys, is losers in this trade deadline. And maybe <laughs> not even as a result of trading, but as a result of not trading. I mean, there are plenty of teams out there who could have improved themselves in at this deadline. Does anybody really stand out to you as a loser of this deadline? Well, maybe. I mean, I would throw in, uh, like you mentioned just before, the Eric Cole trade because, I mean, he is a veteran. He, he is a rental. He's, you know, uh, a veteran winger for the, for the Stars. But I feel like the Red Wings, just they gave up too much for him. I think it was two picks, uh, two, a second and a third round in the, yep. in the upcoming drafts. And um, I mean, you look at the the successful teams in this in this trade deadline. If you ask me, were the ones that got a lot of picks back. Were were like the Coyotes that were just offloading players to get picks to get you know that future kind of uh, mentality going, that that rebuilding mode. Um, but you know, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd say the the Red Wings are are maybe there, and obviously, uh, I think the Sharks, um, you know, didn't really make make the moves that they would need uh, if, if they were planning on any any sort of uh, playoff push or any, any sort of hope. So I don't know really – I mean, especially you think about before the season started, the Sharks were like, oh, we're going to change everything. We're going to get – they didn't make any moves in the offseason, and now at the trade deadline they really didn't do anything either. So I don't really know what's going on there. I heard they were shopping Niemi. That was interesting. I didn't even think that Antti Niemi was on the trade block considering – that the San Jose Sharks don't exactly have the greatest backup goalie in the world in Alex Stalock. <laughs> and yet, one team that I also think that didn't really improve themselves that much, who really could have used it, was the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. I know they got Ben Lovejoy from the Anaheim Ducks, and but they did give up Simone Dupre. And then you take a look at another, uh, they get Ian Cole, but they give up Robert Bertuzzo and a 2016 seventh round pick. All right, that's not a terrible pick to give up. It just seemed as if... This team obviously does need a lot of things because they are one of the better teams in the East. But when it comes to you want to make your team as good as it possibly can, Daniel Winnick for two picks and Zach Sill, it doesn't seem like that's a that's a trade that really benefits a Penguins team. It seems like that's a trade that benefits the Maple Leafs who are trying to get rid of as many pieces as possible in order to rebuild that crippling that crumbling franchise yeah, at the present moment. I, I mean the the penguins you know they this this is their window really because i mean you think of malkin and crosby they're at the prime of their careers they might not have you know a title shot in in a couple years down the road and really the the love joy for depre i i don't really understand that because i mean depre is only 23 years old yeah. and he still has you know plenty of potential he could get a lot better um, so I, I don't really know what the what the deal was there to swap him out for Lovejoy. I don't really see that as much of an upgrade. I think there was no doubt that you needed help on that defense, but is is giving up your your young players really the answer here? I'm. It it always goes back to the same thing. If you think you're going to win now by giving up your young players, then yeah, it's worth it. If you don't think you're going to really be able to take that next step, then of course it's not. You know who I'm looking at right now is the Oilers. 
And they actually, they're lower in the standings than the Coyotes, and they really didn't do anything. And it's not like they have super pieces to move, but still, you would have thought they would have tried to be a little bit more active to at least teams that are in playoff hunts, try to push some guys and say, what can we get in return? Because we're obviously not going to win now. And they really just didn't, for a team that's low in the standings, they just did nothing. And that's kind of surprising. Terry, you bring up an excellent point, and, th- and that's something that I, that I think definitely needs to be pointed out because there was talks that that entire Oilers team was pretty much going to be shopped, aside from Nugent Hopkins and the other first-round picks from years past. Taylor Hall wasn't going anywhere, but they wanted to get rid of a lot of those pieces, and they wanted to get basically what the Coyotes got back for their players. They wanted picks. And Jeff Petrie went for a second- and a fifth-round pick, and that was really the big Oiler move of the deadline, and that was about it. And... A second and fifth round pick is not going to turn that entire franchise around, and they didn't really gain anything else as a result of it. Yeah, they gave David Perron away earlier in the year. They got Clint Hammer back in a first rounder. That was nice. They get Derek Roy, who's a nice little piece if they end up signing him back. That'll certainly help them out. But those were all earlier moves. There were still plenty of people on that team that were expected to be moved or could have been moved, and... I'm not sure whether it was the Oilers didn't want to move them. I think that certainly wasn't the case. I think the problem was nobody wanted them. That I mean, I agree with that. I think it was probably tough to shop these guys around. And speaking of the teams lower in the standings, we got to look at the Sabres. And the fact that they got <laughs> rid of players because they pretty much said, we're winning too much because of you, and we don't want to win. Yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's really what it was. Connor because McDavid. Connor McDavid. Exactly. That, what is he on, like a 28-game point streak down in, down in juniors? I mean, this kid is going to be, based on everything that he's got with the intangibles he has, got better stats than Crosby when he was in juniors. If that's any indication, this kid's going to be a special player. And there's still no indi- and there's still no guarantee that you get the first round pick if you if you tank all the way because of that lottery. Yeah, and yeah, you know, that, knowing- that's the one worry. But but the the thing about that is you say, oh well, it's the luck of the teams. Well, the Coyotes, Oilers, and Sabers all kind of equally have similar luck <laughs> when it comes to this kind of stuff. So it's not necessarily thinking that one team has more luck than the other. But uh, of course, Chris Stewart to the Wild. Uh, this is these are these are cap moves, cap pushes. I mean, you take a look at that Ryan Miller deal, and that just turned out terribly for them despite the fact that of course Miller didn't really want to go back there 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 wasn't that much there for them Tory Mitchell goes to the Canadians they get Jack Nevins in a 2016 seventh round pick yeah that could be one of those seventh round picks who end up producing really well but in hindsight you're gonna probably look back and say "Mm, probably not and of course there was another deal involving goaltenders with the Sabres that we're gonna talk about later but there's one team that we have to get to they didn't make a lot of moves but I'm interested to see what Tara's take is on this. <laughs> All right, Tara. Marek Zidlicki to the Red Wings for a 2016 third-round pick. And after we got off the air last week, Yarmir Yager was dealt to the Florida Panthers for a 2015 second-round pick and a conditional third-round pick. These are picks, obviously. The Devils are not that far off of a playoff spot. I know that we deaded them off a long time ago. I think seven points out with 18 to play. Was this Is this the indication that the Devils are really looking towards the future now? This is, Should Devils fans say we will not make the playoffs as a result of these deals? Yes, yeah. I've been saying that for months. But here's <laughs> the thing about the Devils. They're 6-1-1 one one in their last eight games. So it's they got hot in January. Then they 
cooled off again and now they're hot again so it's definitely they are toying with the fans I feel of uh, well we're not we're not gonna make it oh maybe we will make it and we're not gonna make it oh, oh there's still hope I've been saying they should have traded Yagra for a while you have I just been. think I he expressed a desire to play for a contender recently and I think Florida is an interesting definition yeah, of word contender <laughs> Much of yeah <laughs> but I think that desire is also a desire of I want to get out of New Jersey. Yeah. And to get it's two draft picks, you never know what's going to come out of them, but still to get something for him, especially when you don't think you're going to make the playoffs anymore, I think it was a good move on their part. I think that was a steal for the Devils, Martin, because you take a look at it and you say, "We just won We just got two picks for a 43-year-old winger." I mean that's got to that's got to say something about this team. Yeah, not bad. I mean, in, especially for a, a Florida team that they could still miss the playoffs. You know, right now they're not they're not uh, they're trailing the wild card spot. And um, I mean, Yager, he's still he's still somewhat productive. He's not you know obviously the scorer that he used to be. He only has to uh, play eleven more seasons with two teams each, and then he'll play with uh, all thirty <laughs> NHL teams. He but, might make it. You never know. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's a good move for the Devils. And like we said uh, a couple weeks ago when I was on the show is, you know, he's their leading scorer. They've had so many injury problems. And if he wants to move, then they should get something out of it. And I think, you know, for a 43-year-old guy, they uh, they got two picks. Not bad. I think you have to take him being their leading or he was their leading scorer with a grain of salt because I really think if Camilleri had been healthy this whole year – it probably would have been Camilleri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Camilleri's been, besides Corey Snyder, I think Camilleri's been the best player on that team all year. And here's the thing about, yeah, he's 43 years old. He's not as productive as he once was. But I think Florida really wanted him because of the veteran presence he provides, and especially having that in a playoff race. And so he might not be as productive. Like, you're right. Was he? Is that worth two draft picks? Probably not, but... If he wanted to change the scenery, then I think it works out on all ends. This is an interesting thing that I saw about the Zidlicki deal, which actually might even have better implications than the Yager deal. Because Marek Zidlicki, when he came over, I thought it would be a nice piece for the Devils. But that defense has really crumbled over the last couple of years. And uh, they're starting to get it together now, of course. Uh, but getting rid of Zidlicki, of course, is a good idea for them because they didn't seem like they were going anywhere this year. If you get picks, you get younger defensemen. That'll be better for years to come, not a 38-year-old. The Devils received the third-round pick in 2016 as a result of this deal. That's a given. But they'll also get a fifth-rounder this year if Detroit reaches the Eastern Conference Finals. And if the Red Wings reach the Stanley Cup Finals, the third-rounder that they would have had next year becomes a second-round pick. But the fifth-round choice is wiped out. If the if the Red Wings make it far, the Devils get a pretty decent return from Eric Zidlicki. That's a great deal. You gotta love how that's made up because it's saying... Okay, if he does help us go really far, we're going to give him more. If he doesn't help us, then why should we owe you more? I really like how that deal is set up. But something else is that you had Lou Lamorello saying he felt they could have gotten even more in that deal, though. Yeah, and, and that's really uh, what you have to look at here and, and, and see how the Devils really improve themselves. And it's really in the long run and, and not the short run. And then, of course, touching on the Islanders really quickly, you take a look. They add Michael Neuverth, 
who's obviously a better backup goalie than Chad Johnson. Somehow the Sabres were willing to give him up. I think that was a great deal for the part of the Islanders in the sense that now they have a more reliable backup goalie, give a Halak a little bit of rest. He's been carrying that team for a majority of the season. And, of course, then you also add Tyler Kennedy from the Sharks for a draft pick to give yourself a little bit more depth there. Like we said on shows previously, guys, the Rangers and Islanders didn't really need to do much to get better. The Rangers made some surprising moves. I didn't really think that the Yandel deal was going to go down. They ended up getting him. Really solidified that defense. They still they get the center that they want in James Shepard for a pick they got from that deal with the Coyotes for Yandel. And they also had to give up Lee Stepniak as a result for Carl Klingberg in an effort, of course, to stay under cap, which was fine because with the additions that they have now, Stepniak was probably going to be the odd man out anyway, and that would basically just be a waste of the cap. So the Islanders have improved themselves, the Rangers have improved themselves, and the Devils have improved themselves for the future. I think it'll be interesting to see how this all pans out, and unfortunately I wish we had more time to talk about this, but unfortunately we do not. I'd like to thank Martin McCormick and Tyrus Lejewski for all their help today and every week when they come on this show, and we'll see you guys next week. For WFUV's 5 on 3, I'm Anthony Pusick. Have a good night, everybody. This has been One on One's 5 on 3 from WFUV Sports. Join us next week as we take you around the world of hockey. We'll see you then.